Yo, yo, yo. Yeah, you are not seeing things. Oh, my bad. You're not seeing things. Scruffton, just get super sexy. My name is Brogan Kerrison, and I'm your host for today. Uh, we've got, uh, you might know this guy. Who is this guy? Who are you? G'day, team. I am uh, Scruff, a.k.a. Ruben Gray, you know. Most people normally call me Scruff. Over here, though, probably more get called Ruben, actually. Yeah. Now that you say it, to be honest. I um, call you Ruben. Mm, yeah. Does anyone call me Scruff, actually, now that I think about it? On the odd chance, I suppose. I think Alistair does, maybe. Oh, yeah. no, fuck. I don't think he does, actually. No, even then. I think I think it's dictated to pen. I think yeah, some people use it as a joke, like yeah. Jaden and shit. Scruffy, yeah. yeah. Same thing with Broco. Mm. Yeah, hard. <laughs> Anyways, this is the last, uh, this is episode number 30. 30. Episode 30, yep. Uh, Scruff asked me to interview him, and which I thought was a good idea. He's always interviewing, Shut talking to Shut other up. people, so I'm kind of, who's this guy? Yeah. Why are we listening to you? Yeah, well, you know, I'm actually quite a big deal. Yeah. So I run this podcast called Scruffy Chinwag. Oh, right? you don't say. Mm. <laughs> cheers, cheers, anyway. Mate. Actually, cheers. Cheers. And cheers to 30 episodes. Cheers to 30. Cheers to 30. Yeah, well, I closed out the other episode, uh, the other season, A Remedy for Curiosity, with uh, Brando doing the hosting duties. So I thought we'd close this series out with uh, yourself. You've been involved with the whole process, doing the audio, and you were the first feature, and... Gave me the Google Home system Which is not going to be with us today Because yeah. you're fucked off I took that Cheers mate Yeah uh, That actually You're touching on that point I did have that My question to you is What made you start this podcast? What, what even made mm. you want to do the podcast? Mm. It the, might not this be This series in particular? Well just the podcast in general Podcast in general Okay so Scruffy Chinwags originated Just in t- uh, the idea came to me in 2017 when I was kind of like really into podcasts in general. I was listening to your, your Jordan Petersons religiously, your Joe, your Joe Rogans, yeah, uh, Jocko Willinks, uh, and among many others. Yeah, mostly Jordan Peterson. And then I was like, "Fuck yeah, that's that's gangster." I was talking to Brandon about it. I was like, "That's cool. Like, we could do that, bro. Like, that's pretty easy to do. Like, yeah. I know enough about audio to to suss this out." And then we'll just use my phone as the camera. This phone quality camera. Which has camera. actually worked out incredibly Works well. Works fine, eh? Like, it's actually not that hard to get started. Because my mum and dad, shout out, just got me some stuff for Christmas. Got me the interface, which you need, which, like, helps you send the microphones to the computer. And then I just needed a couple of mics, a couple of mic stands, mic leads. That's pretty much all you need. I just had heaps of random shit around. So... Hey, there he is. He's um, my replacement. Yeah. Um, new flatty, new flatty. Probably a Might hear from him later. Yeah, actually. <laughs> Passing um, through. But oh, yeah, okay. anyway. And then um, I got to the end of 2017 when I was living in Kaitaia and started to think about it a bit more. I was like, let's do this because I was moving to Melbourne. I decided I was going to move to Melbourne in, in March. So I had two months pretty much of like – Limbo. What am I going to do with this two months of myself? So I decided to start trying to do a podcast to fill up some of that time. Um, recorded 14 episodes and then I released them after I had recorded them all. Whereas with this series, I've been releasing them on the go, mm. which has kind of put a bit more pressure on it. I think yeah. I actually prefer the pre-recording approach. 
Um, but yeah, that's kind of how it all started. The reason I wanted to do it though, like, is because obviously I like held these people that were doing them in high regard. I'd learned a lot from them, and I was like, "Fuck yeah!" Like these people were just sharing their yeah. point of view with the world, and like, not saying that my point of view is something that you necessarily need to listen to, but it's we're willing to put it out there at least. If if you want to listen to it, yeah, it's there, you know. Yeah, like, and I really enjoy just being able to have someone's undivided attention for like hour, hour and a half. Yeah. You hardly get that anymore. Like everyone's always going to look at their phone at some point in that conversation. It's a real fucking conversation. Yeah. You know, Activating. It, it's dying. It's yeah. fucking dying. It's a shame. Indeed. And it's just cool to like, it trains your communication skills as well. Yeah. That was the other well, that's, thing. Well, that was kind of what I'm thinking. That was my question. I mean, you say that like a time filler and stuff, which – I mean, as you say it, when you think about, oh, how am I going to start a podcast? I'm going to need these microphones. I'm going to need this and that. But you can probably, like you said, you scrape things together to make it happen anyway. Yeah. This is low grade. Like but, um, everything I've got is low grade, but it does the job. And you still get it done. Yeah. And I'm thinking, was there like a, for example, you wanted to, to put yourself out there a bit more and work on, say, like a confidence thing? Is that why, is that why mm. you wanted to do it? Or was it purely just due to like, you wanting to fill times before you came to Melbourne kind of thing? Um, I wouldn't say I did it to build confidence, mm. but to build skills, yeah, and to deepen relationships with people. Or learn how to deepen, or even like the art of conversation like you were saying before. Interviewing is an art in itself as yeah. well. Like being able to steer a conversation almost where you want it to go, but by able to – being able to do that in an organic matter, like not forcing a conversation to go somewhere, just letting it arise. Kind of flow into yeah. to wherever. 100%. That, that's how I operate with these podcasts. I try – I have a few topic points that I think about beforehand yeah. and I write them down in case like we hit a brick wall and then it's like, Where fuck, oh, well, what do you think about this? Random, yeah, yeah, like yeah. just out of the blue because you need to keep it going. But I try to like intertwine things and yeah. keep the conversation flowing. So being able to do that is really good because that's pretty much applicable anywhere yeah. in the well, world. 100% if, if you can speak the language. Yeah, if you can speak the language. If you can hold a conversation with someone, it automatically makes you... More desirable? Not desirable. Desirable is not the right word, I don't think. But you're better equipped to develop the desire yeah. for someone. Okay. But maybe you could also... All oh, right, yeah, I'm with you now, like... Okay, that makes sense. But maybe you could also come across as a bit, I don't know, in the words of Rick, super uncharismatic to ask questions. Like he says it to Morty in one of the episodes, like you ask a lot of questions, Morty. It's uncharismatic. And it's like that's what an interviewer does. He asks questions. But I suppose that's also part, like I do ask questions a lot in general because Mm. I'm curious about shit. Like a remedy for curiosity, this is, that was my remedy for curiosity. Like, I'm poking at people and being like, what the fuck? What do you think about that? Like, why do you think that? And how did you come to that conclusion Mm. as well? But not just the long form, the long form conversation. That's really the big element of it for For me. For those who who might just be listeners, the the scruff that you see here is actually the scruff that you'll see in life without a camera, without a microphone in front. Mm. It's not... That's, I try. Well, that's. I think it's. It's. You. You're naturally a curious person, so it's not a put-on fact where you go, 
tell me about um, this in your life and how that affected you. Mm. You literally want to know. Where sometimes I think people will try and, like you were saying before, being able to the art of conversation and being good at it, you can you 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 can relate to more people in general. Yeah, yeah. But like, if if you're fake about it and just asking fake questions, people can kind of see through that, mm. and I think it puts people off. They're kind of like, okay, this guy is more. Um, trying to dig at me and trying to find things that maybe I don't like instead of just a genuine conversation yeah. or something like that. Well, there's – if you're asking someone a question, you're um, demanding something of yourself as the question answer as well. You have to listen. Like, if you're going to ask a question and you don't listen to the answer, mm. like, why did you ask the question in the first place? So that – to, be, to actually want to listen to someone, because there's so many people that you could listen to. It's like, why the fuck should I listen to this person? You Other have to X. have, the curiosity is almost a prerequisite, I would say. If you don't have the desire to hear another point of view or like the answer to the question that you have, yeah. or maybe there'll never be an answer to the question you have, but even just to be able to talk about it, yeah, that's a starting point. And getting someone's point of view on something is second to none because then you can start to kind of incorporate all the different point of views but you have to listen to all the point of views before you can decide on what your yeah. point of view is or even just maybe you never get to decide on what your point of view is. That's kind of what I'm thinking. I'm, I'm like I suppose say you ask me a question on something I have no idea on. I, I don't even – I haven't even thought about it. Mm. As we kind of converse about it, maybe it's only as we start talking about it then I actually generate my own opinion – Maybe it's something I haven't even thought about. And then, then you say, uh, I don't like this person. Then, then it triggers something in me to be like, actually, I do like that person. Totally. And then you create a – so I suppose in that way, a conversation can make you think about things that you've never thought about. Yeah. And in that example that you say there where you're, you don't really develop opinion until in the conversation, like that is the process of thinking. Like a conversation is two people trying to think together. It's two brains coming together to try and work out some sort of problem. And I'm quite like disagreeable in nature, so I will quite often adopt an opinion and just be stubborn on that opinion to see if I can just win with that opinion. Mm. Whereas this... Whether you believe it or not. Kind whether of I believe it or not, I can... I'll try and make a good claim for it because I think every side of an argument has a good say and it should be expressed the best way it can. So say, for example, you're like, I think aliens are real. And then I'll be like, well... You have no proof for that. And then I'll start – that'll be my starting point. I'll take the opposite side. But the podcast has helped me not be like that as much, I think, mm. because it's made me be more like – rather than treating it like a debate or a competition, in the podcast I'm more – as an interviewer, I've, I'm kind of like more just trying to listen and absorb their point of view and being curious about why they think that. I mean, some of the times I'm still just like my my opinions and my biases are going to get in the way, and I'm going to be like, "Well, that's bullshit, bro." Natural frustration, yeah, yeah. but yeah, I yeah, actually, that's because I before I didn't know what podcasts were until I had met you. Mm. I, I mean, like, I think I, w I, I think I would have heard heard about it. The only one I had heard about was Hamish and Andy. Yeah, right. And even then, I had like listened to like I, I don't I don't really listen to podcasts. The only ones I do listen to are the ones your ones. Because yeah. 
you know, because of the best. On them. Yeah, and because they're amazing. Yeah, and yeah. Joe Rogan stuff. I until until I actually, and that's what I like about Joe Rogan. He literally is there to. He might totally disagree with you on on whatever you're talking about, but he still wants to know why why you think like that or mm. what, why you you hold that opinion in the first place. Yeah, yeah. He's Joe Rogan's very. I feel like he's quite um, fluid in his opinions as well. Like he might have one dude on that says something, and he'd be like, "Totally, bro, I agree with that." And then another. Do you think guy, he changes it depending on who they are? I feel like he does a little bit. Uh. Like it does a little bit, but I think you have to do that. As yeah. an interviewer, because that opens the that opens the realm of discu- uh, discussion. That's what I'm trying to say. Like, if yeah. I if I was just too headstrong and like straight away disagreed with someone's opinion, then it shuts them down and it puts them on the like defense, mm. and like then it's a back and forth battle of us trying to be stubborn, winning our biases. But if I start off by acknowledging that that point of view is valid, and that it has like there's parts of that point of view that I agree with then it already sets the ground off like with some commonalities, which is so yeah. important for human interaction. People love to have like a commonality to work from. And and they don't feel like you're attacking them. Like mm. you, it's like, okay, you have the stance, I have the stance, now let's argue. Yeah. It's uh, I have the stance, what's your stance? Oh, okay, I agree with your stance. So you get them flowing, I suppose. Totally. In a way, but it doesn't mean you have to agree with them, I suppose. Eh? No, no, it's never a case of having to agree with them. It's just listening to their opinion so you can better understand their opinion. Because if, you, if you're trying to develop an argument against anything, if you can listen to their opinion of someone else, then it's going to make your argument stronger because you're, now you're going to be more vigilant as to how that point of view is going to come at you with certain facts, stats. You're ready for those those jabs. It's like training anything, bro. Like mm. at the start when you're doing boxing, I'm not a boxer, but like you don't know how to punch it all. And then you learn like the mechanics behind a jab. And then once you learn the mechanics behind the jab, you like learn the mechanics behind a straight. Like I'm guessing yeah. here a little yeah. bit. And then once you're getting really good at those, you, you're also learning how to stop those from affecting you. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Or when, what times to use those things. Exactly. Well. So yeah. if someone's coming at you with a, in a debate with a jab, and you know how to dodge a jab, mm. then you're better equipped. So that's why you should listen to someone who has a different opinion because they might hit you with a jab and hit you square in the face the first time, but then next time you're going to be ready for the jab so you can dodge it and hit them back with something else. Yeah. Actually, I mean, because you were just saying before, before we kind of went off, like that is, as you, in essence, is the art of, um, I don't want to say a debate, because you might not be debating something. You might just be trying to even prove a point or even just put your point across. But today with you're saying with people just picking up their phones, I mean, you look. all you have to do is get onto a train and you see nobody's conversing. It's crazy. But does the, do you think this, what we're talking about here, that as an art form of being able to converse, do you think that we're in a, a point where we might lose that if we, if we, if we don't actually start conversing more with others that are outside of our circles. That's why I fucking love podcasts mm. because it does open up the gate to do that. And so, yeah, my answer would be yes, I do think that we are in danger of losing that part of reality, which is, you know, seems to me like a case of throwing the baby out with the bathwater with these technological developments. You know, 
to use your example of the phones on a train, like, it's fucking crazy, bro. Like you don't ride the train near as much as me, but mm. every day, like everyone's doing something. Not many people are just sitting there mm. thinking or like not many people, hardly anyone's open to a conversation. It feels at least maybe, maybe everyone feels like this. It's, That's it, the thing. It, it almost seems like, I, I had this yesterday. I was in an elevator. Socially enforced, yeah. Yeah, I was in an elevator and there was another dude probably looked around the same age to me. He, he, when he got into the thing, he was talking on the phone. He was like, yeah, yeah, I'm just coming downstairs now. I'll see you soon. So I kind of guess we were going to the same place. We were just going down to the pub. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, I was about to say something to him like, oh, a couple beers on a Friday or something. Yeah, yeah. But I just didn't. Yeah. Because one, I freaked out. And two, like I had this thought to myself. I was like... People kind of might see me as as weird. Like, mm. oh, why is he talking to me? Yeah. Is he crazy? Is it's, he one of those crazy ones? It's so bullshit. But that is totally a real fucking thing that we contend with now. We, yeah, we, we have to. Yeah. yeah. That's, it, like, you think about back in the day where people were, like, more, like, starving for a conversation. It feels like, like they're actually, like, look at your um, relationship with your neighbors now. Do you have a relationship with your neighbours? I know I don't. <laughs> I haven't even met. Yeah. Like the, the, I haven't some either. Of my neighbors, eh? But back in the day, I'm pretty sure that was a thing. Yeah. Like the neighbourhood culture was a thing. Whereas now we're so connected. Yeah, constantly. Connected, I say, in yeah. quotation marks. Feel that too. That it's like, and that's why I also feel like the danger of these like technological technological developments that are pushing us away from each other yet connecting us yeah um but pushing us away physically from each other and making us scared to interact with people in your elevator situation i think that empowers our desire to and our temptation to um indulge in alcohol and stuff because the spaces where we do indulge in alcohol there's almost a different set of rules to society it's mm. almost like if you sat in a pub on your phone the whole day, like the whole night on your phone, they're going to be like, well, why are you here? This is like we've almost sectioned off parts of our world now where you're allowed to go up to someone and be like, yo, what's up? Yeah. Where you're allowed to be social. Whereas other places like a train, it feels like there's a weird etiquette that you don't really oh, – don't do it. Don't do it. Yeah, I, I You're feel fucking that. with this shit. But maybe, maybe that's all in our head. But maybe it's collectively in our head that yeah. we're scared to interact with someone. Because if I do interact with someone, they're normally really polite. And then most of the time I'm just like, ah, oh, they talk back. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, they are. Oh. He's actually there. He or she's actually willing to say like, something back to shit, me. Shit, where do I go? Yeah. Oh, fuck. Oh. Nice. Thanks, thanks for the chat. Have a good one. <laughs> take it easy. Yeah. But that's so right. I mean, like, take take your train situation. Even if you connect eyes with someone, it's kind of like, oh, oh shit, look away quick. Yeah, don't, uh, look don't, away quick. Don't look in that direction. As though you're trying to like forget that you even connected Yet in a club when you're drunk. Mm. You can dance with. You might see 
the same dude dance with four different chicks. Yeah. Or or, or vice versa. Yeah. Like a chick dance with four different dudes. 100%. And like and total total randoms. And like with the eye contact thing, you might get eye contact. And, and instead of being like, don't look away, you're kind of like, okay, let's go that way. And and such more of a forward manner as well. Like yeah, it seems yeah. like if you took the two situations away from each other, the alcohol situation seems way more socially unacceptable. Like walking up to someone and being dancing with them. Yeah, exactly. Or on them. Whereas walking up to someone on a train and like just being like, yo, that shouldn't be. That shouldn't be weird. That shouldn't be it weird. It never was. It never but used it is to be weird. weird. Well, I don't know. Didn't Because I didn't. I never like went on trains and shit. The only, the only <laughs> like, I suppose the only thing that. I, I think it, it wasn't weird because like I've seen I've been on a tram situation where there was like a an old, older older man and there was a lady reading a magazine and he kind of just talked to, turned to her to talk yeah yeah and she was just like why are you talking to me real you know, yeah kind of thing and even the people around around were kind of like looking at this guy like oh is he a weirdo like perv, trying to yeah. trying to figure yeah exactly maybe he's a perv. And that's and maybe that's why people don't do that kind of thing anymore. Like they don't want to be seen as like if you're the nice guy, you might be a perv, yeah, or 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 something. Which like is that. so bullshit. So like that means that your attraction level is so fucking important now when encountering people in random situations. Because mm. if I'm a guy, if I'm an ugly dude. As the ugly dude I am. I'm not playing that bullshit. And then um, walking so, down the street, I walk up to a girl. She's not attracted to me. She's not going to react well, you know? Yeah, yeah. She's, she's going to react in the same way that that girl with the magazine reacted to the old guy. Yeah. Similar, like closed off, like kind of give you those weird body hints yeah. where it's like, don't, why are you talking to me? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I'm kind of up here, you're down here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This... But if it's the other way around, if I'm a super attractive guy that I am and then walk up to a girl, like this girl's demeanor all of a sudden has changed completely. 100%. It's, I yeah. 100% agree. I've, you, can, you see it happen. You see it happen in, in front of you, just in your workplace. And, and whether it's sexual or not, like, but there's underlying sexual tones to it all, obviously, with attraction in general. But, even if it's like within a, f- uh, I don't know, like if if there was a really good looking girl and like was started talking to an old man, an old grumpy man, he's yeah. gonna be way more like welcoming of that conversation. Like this old man doesn't normally conversate with people. He's like, "Fuck off! Yeah, I'm yeah. just doing my thing, being grumpy." Leave me alone. No? Yeah, sexy girl comes along. He's all of a sudden perked up because yeah. you know, like obviously he doesn't actually think. This is going to move forward with any sexual advancements. Yeah, I'm guessing. I'm hoping that. Well, yeah, this mate, old man's this old man's not that. stupid. Not yeah, but if it's like a not so attractive girl comes up with the exact same situation, grumpy man might just be like, eh. Yeah, exactly. No. <laughs> no, no, thanks. Well, I mean, take take in my situation on the tram, take take the old guy out of it and put a young, like, ripped, twenty uh, three year old guy. She would have won a hundred percent. Well, I mean, I guess we're just guessing here, but nine Plain times out of ten, yeah, would have turned around and ha- been happy to kind of converse in that way. Mm. And I, I, I do think it's like we can trust if you're good looking, 
I can trust you. Yeah. But if Why? you're not, oh, I don't know. You could be crazy. You might, you might want something else from me. Or well, which is why I think people were fascinated with that Ted Bundy stuff, you know? Yeah. Because he was like that good-looking psychopath. Yeah. What was that? that and the same dude with – oh, yeah, there. And Marilyn Manson? Marilyn Manson was his name? Mr. Manson, the guy that killed heaps of Charlie people. Man- Charlie, Charlie Manson. Manson. Oh, he, yeah, had yeah. A, he had a cult of like – A cult of women behind Yeah, female yeah. followers and that. that. I love that movie though. It was a good movie. Yeah. Um, I had some other kind of questions I wanted to, to ask you. Basically, based on Kiwis and Melbs. Go. Uh, Kiwis and Melbs itself, what – what made you? What made you even move to Australia? Mm, Australia, Melbourne, Stras. Yeah, Stras. No one says Stras. Well, I no, don't do that. Um, what made me move here? Was it? Was music, it music? Music, music industry inspirations, man. Aspirations to try suss a job here in the industry, and I don't know. I'm, not I'm, that you couldn't do that in New Zealand. Oh, I felt like I couldn't. I felt like. Well, I didn't feel like I couldn't, but I feel like I'd have a better chance here. Like, I've always said it throughout this podcast, Melbourne's the fucking size of New Zealand in population, like all squeezed in one place. Naturally, more opportunities are going to arise from that. Melbourne, no, Melbourne's known for its arts industry. It's like the live music capital of the world now, most live music venues per capita. It's just, it's way more vibrant here with the music scene and there's more shit happening. I'm happy with the move over but also just in general, being one to constantly like seek change. Like I get, when I get comfortable, I start to get a little bit stressed, agitated, like mm. feel like I'm locked down a little bit maybe. I don't know. When I'm in those situations where I've just starting to grow too comfortable, like I've said, I said it to myself a long time ago, I was like, if you ever get too comfortable, like, it's time to move on. And the mm. best way for, like, direct change, the most reliable way for that is moving. Like, I don't know. I don't know. But I feel pretty – Melbourne was just cool. When I came over, I visited you in the – before I moved over and I had to look around the city. I was like, yo, this place is dope. This place is dope. And then – um I don't know. I just felt like it was time to jump over. Australia is like not too far away from home. I have a good safety net. Because yeah. I was tossing up moving to LA as well. Because that's the big that's industry. A, yeah, that's a big move. That's the big industry. And I was like, and I had friends there and stuff because I had done my exchange program in Oregon. Yeah. So I was like, I could go. I could go there. But l- way more fucking hurdles to worry about. You got visas for one. Mm-hmm. You're far away from home. You got a big fuck off student loan. You got to worry about with interest, so it was just easier to jump over here, where it's closer to home. Similar culture; it's pretty much just an extended New Zealand here, man. I feel it pretty much is, yeah. Except they earn more money here. They earn more money here. A, a lot the wages are way better, and not fuck, Dang. man. Like, dang, I found the jackpot with this place in terms of rent and shit. Mm. Like one thirty a week with all bills. Let's go. Because that's, I mean, I, I remember when I, before I was thinking about moving over, that's what everyone would say. Oh, yeah, I'm thinking about moving to Melbourne. Oh, don't go there. Australia, it's so expensive. Like, to live over there, it's real expensive, man. Um, it'll be hard. You can do it if you want, but it'll be hard, man. It's expensive. You get here, it's like, 
Bread's still a dollar. Yeah, yeah. Baked beans are still a dollar. I mean, I I mean, sure. Who wants to eat bread and baked beans? But if you've got to, yeah, yeah, you're gonna make it work. Comes to shove, man. I know how to live for nothing. Like student days taught me that shit. Like, actually, as a but it's not even it's not even more expensive to live here. That's just I don't think so either. Complete bullshit, man. Like the standard of living here is pretty much the same as back home. I would say, and then. The price of it's pretty much the same. It's all relative to how much you're earning as well. Mm, if you're exactly. earning more, then like you can afford this shit. Exactly, you can kind of do it. Housing is like I'm an exception with my housing mm, situation, situation, but yeah. it's no, it's no different to Auckland or Wellington. Yeah. Like those places have skyrocketed in pricing. Auckland, I would be worse. That was the thing that my brother I said to it's me. Worse, he was like, don't, don't, don't. If you're gonna go somewhere, don't go to Auckland. That's not. It's only getting more expensive. Yeah. You may as well go to the big pond, you know. Yeah, yeah. Before you kind of go to the if you go to the sea in, in LA or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But go go to a a bigger pond, try try swim with more people. Yeah. And I'm like I don't regret the decision. Yeah, I suppose that was part of my um and like motivation to move here as well. Mm. The the bigger pond thing, you know. Yeah, exactly. You can kind of put yourself. Yeah, actually as a little interlude can you give us a quick little bio? So you started school, you left high school. What high school did you go to? Then you went where? What did you do? Jesus Christ. Yeah, okay. I want to hear that, actually. Okay. I grew up in uh, Balclutha, right down the bottom, hours south of Dunedin there. Started out on a farm. Dad's a farmer. Um, oh, yeah. Went to primary school, Rosebank School, small school. Smallish, well, small school, yeah. Small school. Small place in general. Yeah, yeah, small place. 4,000 people in Balcutha. Oh, sh- Yeah, she's tiny. And then maybe it's 5,000 now, you know. We might be moving on to bigger <laughs> things over there. Big time. <laughs> um, then did uni at Otago Uni. Yeah. That was cool. Did an exchange program to America, to Oregon. That what was age? for six months. Hey. What age were you? 18? 21. 21, bro. I wouldn't go to America if I wasn't 21. Drinking age. Yeah, drinking yeah. age, motherfucker. Makes sense. Um, and then I moved to Kaitaia for a year and then I moved here. That's my geographical bio, yeah. <laughs> at least. It's a, I mean, moved around. I've been a fair few places, yeah. yeah. I like moving around, yeah. It's good. Learned some lessons, I suppose. What would you Learned say the biggest lessons. lesson if, you, if, if someone was looking to come over to Melbourne, mm. what would be the biggest lesson that you've learnt that you could probably pass on to them? Or, or, or maybe just one piece of advice. Piece of advice. Best piece of advice I could give to someone moving to Melbourne. That's hmm. a tough one. That's a tough one. Let me think. Uh, I would say... Fuck, like... There's whatever you want to do. I'd try to figure it out beforehand, before moving. So having like a clear direction before you even. No, not necessarily a clear direction, but a direction mm. of what you want to do, because then Melbourne's so big that it's paralyzing as well. Yeah, agreed. You can do everything here, and. One of those things is partying, and partying is really fun here, and that can, like, break your bank before you even know. So if you come here with an intention of what you're trying to do here, 
then it can like kind of you have better a better grip on the reins, you know, like, and you know where you're trying to go, where you're trying to situate yourself, what suburbs you can look around, what type of events you're looking to go to, because there's a fucking all the events under the sun here, and all the different cultures under the sun. That's like you can you can better equip yourself to get ready if you know where you want. Why you're moving here So have a why Behind your move In saying that If you don't have a why Like maybe you move here And find a why Like Yeah well see That's the hard thing But I think like If you have a why You need to be able to To be fluid That that why Might actually change While mm, you're here it, If 100%. you had a direct Like if you had A sort of inkling As to what you want to do here and then uh, say in, in a couple of years you move to a different sector or whatever it is that from where from one place to the other. If you're fluid with that move, then things should should hopefully it's work out. It's the same with any directional uh, piece of advice. Like you've always got to be ready for the doors to open up to other opportunities and be ready for that. Be ready for the fork in the road that you didn't expect. Yeah. And don't be scared of it either. Like don't be afraid to change your goals and your mindset. When something like presents itself that is pretty desirable. Mm. But, you know, having a goal from the start is good, I think, because that just helps you. You can start moving towards something rather than just moving mm. for no reason. If you're moving towards something, then you can approach that fork in the road when it comes, you know, and then you're like, you might have been aiming for directly in front of you and then you end up completely to the east. You know, or the right, or like, I don't know, whatever, backward. Hopefully yeah. not backward. Let's not go backwards. <laughs> yeah. But whatever you learned in between that journey, I think that's probably the most important, I think. Yeah. That's what I'm starting to realise, I think. Yeah, it's a constant battle, I think, like trying to find the balance between being, um, what is it, resilient enough to, to continue to pursue a goal and a direction because there is element of that for sure. Like no road's going to be easy to get somewhere you want to go. And it shouldn't be. Like, it shouldn't be easy to get where you want to go. But you should also be taking on everything along the way and be ready to change it mm. and enjoy the journey. But it's like such a hard balance, bro. It's weird balance. Yourself, you came over here with the direction of music. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and music business yeah. industry, yeah. Looking back, so you've been here almost two years. Two years? Yeah, year and a half, year I guess. Half. I've been a fuckload of time at home, so yeah, yeah, a year and a half. Thinking about things that you've done, obviously the podcast, mm-hmm. you've also got a line of short stories which are actually available on the website. Yeah, blogs more, opinion blogs. pieces I'd say. Yeah. yeah, just random thoughts. Yeah, they're through Scruffy Chinwags too. Check them out. Involved with a, uh, a music label over here called Alt Music. Alt Music Group. Shout out to the team at Alt Music yeah. Group. Yes. That's, I'd say that's probably a massive part of um, like you, you actually coming over here. And recently you've just been a part of 
Sony internship, uh, trying to... Uh, yeah, it was a You explain a little bit about that? Yeah, I was just applying for a job at Sony, an internship at Sony. Yeah. So I was going through that process, got to the top 50, didn't make the cut to the next stage. Top 50 is pretty damn good, though. Top 50 was sick, bro. Got to go to Sydney. Sydney's fucking cool, too, man. Yeah. yeah that was cool. Um, just doing an assessment center and shit. Like, that was a trippy process. I'd never done that before. Um, yeah. Sony's that, cool. That, that list, I mean, in a year and a half, You've solidified yourself as as one of the main marketing components within a, a music label. Mm. You've also actually we've actually got a business going together ourselves, licked. Yes. Uh, we do coming very soon. Coming very soon. We do guitar samples. Yes, for your producer, watch out. Yes. So I'll keep that one quiet for now. Yeah. Um got that. You've you, obviously you got your podcast. It's fair to say you've probably done a fair bit of shit in in a, a year and a half. Well, thanks for stroking my ego, well, man. Well, congratulations. There's always more to be done. Uh, my, my kind of thought is uh, I, think, I think for your average person, it's probably, like you were saying before, it can be paralyzing because in Melbourne, you literally can do things probably um, to an extent more than you were even aware in New Zealand. Say, for example, when I came over here, um, I didn't know that there were like – Say, um, what was it? What the companies that we we're talking about the other day that purely just do um, content posts? Mm. There's people. There's like a, a full businesses that all they do is make Instagram posts. Yeah, all they do is make. And I didn't even know that stuff exists. I mean, I suppose more just because I never thought about it. But yeah. it's just in New you Zealand. still don't. You still don't know it exists. Yeah. There's still a lot of things that you don't know. Exactly. Exist. There's the things that you're always figuring it out. So yeah. I think the. Moving from New Zealand, it opens that the mind a little bit more to that big pond type thing. Just moving to an actual city, like it's an actual city, Melbourne. It's mm. a big place. What we got Auckland and New Zealand. I don't know. Is it a city on a world scale? Is it? Does it? I don't know. It would be a very small city on like a world scale, but Melbourne's like. It's comfortably a city. If 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 it's it's mean it can't, what it was was it this year or last year that it was the most livable city in the world? Most livable city in the Even world. Even to be right? on that list, you know, especially at the top. Which then, I don't know how the fuck they judge that. But yeah, that's yeah. Sounds pretty harsh. Where I was getting with that, to to be able to because again, for people who don't know you personally, you're a very structured person. Mm. Some people can't. Some people. Aren't able to handle that sort of structure purely just because that's just not who they are. Yeah. If if say say they come over with their direction is to do music itself, what would what would say for ones who wanted to do music? What would you say that you did that made yourself so motivated to to get your podcast out to 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 start a business like to as an artist, as a person, as an artist for music, as as just what motivated a, me to do things outside of what I was trying to do? Is what, that even, what even pushed you to, to, to make those leaps to, to do so much? A lot of people would probably be scared to start a podcast. 100, 100%. I suppose like that's even to, to part of it. Maybe I like doing things that are scary as well. And maybe I'll, I don't know. I feel like I'm just trying to find try heaps of shit out. I'm still... Like I'm still young, and it's I don't know exactly what I'm gonna be best at, how I can best like help people and best like 
raise up the human species and stuff. So at the moment, I guess I'm trying out a lot of different fucking shit that half interests me, you know. Um, seeing all in a creative realm. It's all quite creative stuff. It's all reasonably creative, I guess, but all like you're saying in a disciplined and structural manner, which is like, you know, there's pros and cons to this approach. Like I feel like the the structural element is a hard balance because it's hard to succeed. You think it's worth structuring after being here for a year and a half, knowing what you've achieved, uh, feeling good or bad or whatever you feel about what you've achieved? Do you think living that structured life, if you hadn't had employed that into your life, would you have achieved what you've achieved? It depends. No. No, I wouldn't have. I wouldn't have. But I haven't achieved everything that I wanted to achieve as well. In a year and a half? Or just in general? Yeah. Well, in a year and a half, I guess. That's when I probably started actually thinking about shit like that. You know, goal setting and stuff. I actually started to take seriously around about that point. Mm. Around about the start of when I moved here. Year before maybe, you know. Started thinking about it. Well, Jordan Peterson was massive, bro. Mm. He was massive in motivating me to do that shit. And lead, lead a like disciplined, structural life. And I like... It's a hard trade-off because I, before all that, I was pretty much like do school and pass and like pass well and then just game. Game? Yeah. Drink alcohol and smoke weed pretty much. Like that was like that's all I had to do. That's all I had to do. That was like, that was me winning, you know? Yeah. That was your Have ideal some, yeah. life at that stage. Hang out with friends, like play around with some girls and just. Hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> and then, yeah, that just was kind of, didn't think twice about that way of life. And then I thought twice about that way of life. I was like, fuck, what do I, like Jordan Pearson made me think, like what do I actually, what do I want to, what am I doing? What am I going to do? after you moved here? That realisation. Oh, yeah, okay. Before. It was once I moved to Kaitai, I would say. Mm. Yeah, after uni. I felt like I learned more in my one year after uni than my whole uni career. In terms of, like, what I'm going to do. Or who you wanted to be. Yeah, because my whole... You get stuck in the school system where everything's just put in front of you and you just got to do it. You just got to pass it. You know, like you get it, yeah, you get to pick your bachelor and stuff. And I'm I'm sure people come to this realization a lot quicker than what I did. But I was just fucking slow to the pack and being like, no, this is all good. Like, oh, I like music. I'll study music. Yep, I'll do that and then just pass it. I suppose people would, uh, might disagree with you as slow to the pack. Some people don't, won't find their, their, some people never find it. Yeah, some people never find their, and maybe that's a fact that they, they hey, maybe if they employed the structured life, maybe they would eventually find something. But maybe. I don't know. I'd There's no reliable way to find it. And I haven't found it yet. You're always looking for it. But that's 
I think that's like the meta goal, just to live a to live a meaningful existence, you know? Something that something you can look back on and be proud of. As cheesy as it is. Mm. It's cheesy as fuck. The but cheesy thing the, yeah, has to be done. The only way said. yeah, the only way in my head, the only way that I'm gonna find that, that meaningful existence, is by trying out a fuckload of different things yeah. and being like, that one really tickled my fancy. And you know, music's always been a massive part of my life and I've I used to be a performer and that was a big decision of mine to be like, uh, uh do I I don't know. Do I like performing? And I was like, I don't know if I actually do like it that much. Enough to do it forever? Enough not wow. enough to like and I know how hard the game is. Mm. And I know how fucked up the game of being a musician is. It like it's a lot of self sacrifice and I like a bit of identity crisis in it too and extreme vulnerability. And I just, I don't know. That's a lot. It's a lot as an artist. A lot to take in, yeah. I 100% understand that. Which is why I was like, damn, that's hard. So I'm like, I want to help the ones that choose to do that, who have the fucking guts and the balls to do that shit. Yeah. I'm like, fuck yeah. If I like your shit, I'm like, let's make this happen, bro. Heck yeah. You know? And that's why, that's how I want to step in on those in those circumstances, I want to be like, let's structure this shit mm. so that we can do it the most efficiently and effective way. While they can, it's like, it's like trying to be the rock while they're the kite that's flying around, just fucking exploring all this different airspace. All these different air molecules are hitting them. And they're constantly taking in new information. Whereas, like, I see myself more as trying to like. Not pull them back, but keep them grounded. Yeah, and maybe guide their their flight path or whatever. Yeah, well, it comes back to asking questions, to be honest, mm -hmm. to be able to ask the right questions of them. By not, not leading questions, but just genuinely curious of like, where do you want to go? Like, what, what are we doing here? What's happening? What do you want? What the fuck do you want? Mm -hmm. So like, oh, I want to release music. That's not very... That's not very, very specific, dude. Like, what do you mean you want to release music? Do you want to release one single? Would you like to release a voice memo? Yeah. Would you like to be a Justin Bieber? Would you like to be a part of a band? Like, what, what is it exactly that you want to do? Like, then there's so much more to that, but... I know I could go on forever with that yeah. shit. <laughs> Feel free to, to be fair. I think I, with encompassing everything that you've done so far and at this point right now, what would you say is something that makes you proud um, that you were you managed to achieve? Whether you wanted to and actively had gone for it or it just kind of just happened, like luck happened that you're yeah. like, sweet, hey, I'll take that. I'm, I'm stoked... That I'm part of Alt Music Group. Nah, I'm fucking stoked with that. Like, that gives me some reassurance of directional choice, you know? And I made the right choice. Uh, people want me. Not, not necessarily the right choice, but I've, um, I'm still going down a path that's like, even though the goal might be straight in front of me, you know, I'm like zigzagging towards it at left. I'm, I'm on, I'm still on the right track. I'm not off route completely. Like, yeah, it's some sort of like, what is it? Affirmation. Affirmation, I guess. Yeah. And it was the same with the Sony thing. Like to get to the top 50, 
That's, yeah. It was like, okay, well, you know, like, I must be doing something right. Must have done, yeah, exactly. Yeah, must have done something right at least. So that's something I'm proud of. Then I'd say outside of that, creative realm, looks cool. Don't know about that yet though. Haven't like we haven't done anything. Yeah. I'm I'm stoked that I fucking wrote a novel. Like yeah. that kind of took oh, me by surprise. Novel. Yeah, right. So you had yeah. blogs and you've got your novel as well. Yeah, yeah. I was pretty surprised that I did that. Like yeah, that you was were even able to, to yeah. I would have never ever imagined that that was something that I would do or want to do either. But do, I was like, do you think it was something that you could do, or you kind of went into it like, "Fuck, I'll just try," just, but I don't know if it's going. I never come even. Off. I, ne- I was never a reader. I never even liked reading. Do you read a lot now? I read a lot now. After the G- Jordan Peterson book, did you start reading heaps? No, nah, I never read Peterson's book first. Oh. I started going through his list, oh, okay, his yeah. reading list. Uh, obviously, had to read in uni, but never for leisure. Yeah, yeah. Or like for like. I'm gonna sit down and read a book. Yeah, for self. Self development and stuff and learning and shit, but yeah, when I started reading, and then I was like, "Fuck, that's pretty cool." Eh? And then should I just try write something? And I was like, real random. It was just oh, one yeah, night, bro. just came up with the idea for the book, and then you give us a little bit of the idea. Yeah, it's basically about like the thesis would be to um like empathize with people who commit suicide, I guess like trying to put yourself in their shoes and degrade the standpoint of committing suicide is selfish. Because I used to be under the impression that if you committed suicide, like, well, fuck you, bro. You're making all these people fucked off, all these people sad. Like, look at all the harm that you've caused these people, which is true, but, like, it's it's a deeper issue than that. It's, like, why did they commit suicide in the first place? That's what I'm, like, trying to attack. Because suicide's a big fucking... Big issue, especially in New Zealand, it seems, like one of the highest countries in the OECD with the rates of suicide, which is fucked up. One of the highest or or the highest? I can't remember exactly. Yeah. That's Google. But um, so, yeah, I was like, let's fucking, let's just go. Did like 30 right. minutes a day and then next thing you know, you've got like a fucking, you've got a big old, big old book. Novel. And then you're like, fuck, now I've got to read it. Is it out? Is it released? Nah, nah. That won't be released for a while. Yeah. yeah. Don't know yet. Um, Up to the third edit. Keep yeah. posted on that then. Yeah. Keep your eyes peeled at some point. Maybe, maybe next year. It'd be cool to get it out next year. I'd be, I'm getting like low-key kind of bored of it now. Mm. You know, once it gets to the third edit, it's just like, whoa. And the story's the same. Like, story's the yeah. same. You're just like trying to make it sexier pretty much. It's can, like you, can you liken writing a book or a short novel to writing a song? Are they quite similar in their own way? I mean, they're both words in terms of what the writing. part of the song? The lyrics? Yeah, like say you write lyrics. Do you think if, you, if you're able to write heaps of short stories that are really good stories, does that mean you can write a good, good song like Ed Sheeran? Fuck, I don't know, man. There must be some type of crossover, I guess. Like, just to have a creative mind in general, that's a crossover. But I don't know. Probably, like, you, you feel have... like you've got stronger with your songwriting? Yeah. Mm. But I don't know if that's because I've written the book. Yeah. But uh, it did... Yeah. Like, it helps you... 
be more concise, I would say. And it opens up like I'd say reading is done more than writing, to okay. be honest. Like writing's good because you're taking what you've learned, yeah, the vocabulary you've learned from books and you're trying to implement it into your own work and stuff. So it consolidates certain mm. certain ways of thinking. But the writing process itself, it's hard to say what the crossovers are because when I'm writing, when I was writing the novel, it's different to writing the blog posts because they were just like shitting, shitting thoughts onto a page. That's what the blog was. Where, and I suppose the novel was kind of like that, but almost like in a, I'd just sit down, got half an hour, see where I was at, like read the, read where I was up to and just be like, Okay, well, what happens next? It's it's probably more similar to... I'd say I've got more out of watching movies than doing music for writing a book because a movie is a story and a, a book is a story. And a song can be a story, but I don't know. It doesn't have to be. Yeah, I don't really... like When I'm writing songs, I don't really write stories when I think about it. Like, you have a theme that you're writing to. Yeah. But... I'm sure they do. They probably do benefit each other, man. I don't know. There's probably too many other factors like How just practicing, you? Other, you know, yeah. in general. That's what I'd say. Like the best, mm. the best practice you can do for anything is just doing the fucking thing. You know, if you want to be a better songwriter, write some songs. If you want to be a better creative um, story writer, creatively write stories. Like, the best but that can get boring so you should explore different avenues as well I don't know I don't know bro mm. there's no right answer and there's no one way to write so it's like the way that I'm doing my novel might not benefit my songwriting but if I wrote the novel in a different way it might benefit my songwriting more but I don't know did you choose to write your novel based on something you had read or any research or did you just kind of just do it that I want to try doing it this way and I'll no I just fucking did it to be honest, yeah, I didn't do any like how do you. Fuck I didn't that. do any like how do you write a novel, but you. Everyone knows how a story goes. Yeah, everyone knows what a story is. I was just like, let's just make it a roller coaster. Did you ever find that you got to a point where like, oh man, I'm I'm kind of okay. Um, say for example, this person was um, climbing up a tree. All right, he's up on the top of the tree. Now what do I talk about? Or, or like, oh. It, uh, there's lazy moments for sure. Yeah, where it's like, uh, I don't know what kind of where to go from here. And then you mm. just kind of lose your train of thought. Because that, that's what would scare me about writing. When I think, oh, I'm going to write a, a little buddy. If I'm, I'm going to write a little novel, or if I'm going to write a novel, what the hell am I going to write about? Like, I don't have enough content for that. I don't have enough Exactly. I don't know. I was, I had something to write about and that was it. Mm. Like. That's all it was. If I didn't have something to write about, it's the same thing as having a direction with the move. Right. I had an end point where I wanted to get to, but I didn't know how I was going to get there. Mm. That's a journey, but yeah. that's what you're, you've got to be willing to kind of yeah. fluid through. But even then, like the, my, my initial end point, I didn't end up where I thought I was going to end as well. Well, like we were saying before. Yeah. Exactly. You're saying you, you didn't... It's life. It's like it, writing a book is just a story and your life is just a story and we think in stories. 
Oh, you mean you didn't in the story? You didn't end up where you thought you wanted no. to be. Oh, your life. Yeah, the ending was the hardest part, actually. Did you have an ending, or you? No, I had like a. I know how it ended, but I didn't know how the ending happened. You're gonna make <laughs> it. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Right. Okay, we'll leave that for that. Give you wait for that testers. How are we doing for time? <sighs> we must be getting near part one, aren't we? Yeah. Well, in that case, we'll wrap this part up. Um, just a song from you. Well, I'm going to have to give some love out to my old music group no, crew. <laughs> Who are we going with? Ah, uh, let's go. You going to get a new one out or? No, it doesn't yet. Um, I mean, big shout out to Kaiet on the Aria. But, I mean, yeah, she gets, she deserves that love. But let's hit a little bit of um, – Yao Faso, Ish. reassurance, you know. The, the that first one really, signing? Yeah, yeah I think he was. Pretty of, sure he was, oh, man. Yeah. Um, yeah, a bit of dancehall for you. Yeah, but dancehall Afrobeat stuff, like, right. kind of caught me off guard. I was never really into that stuff before I started listening to Yao Faso. And then I was like, oh, okay. Uh, Just quickly, it. do you reckon alt music being quite a, like, hip-hop R&B label, do you reckon that's changed your music taste at all? Uh, yeah, probably. Probably, but I feel like my music, I have a very diverse palette when it comes to music. Uh, I kind of just listen to everything. And from classical to screamer, you know, let's go. Yeah, classic, I listen to but, everything. Yeah, I do like, I suppose you have like a, there's a gravitational pull towards the the type of music that you listen to more often. You seem to like start developing more relationship with that. So like naturally I've just been listening to that type of music more often so, like, maybe it's made me like that type of music more. Translating into it. I don't just know. For the people you run. Oh, well, song is? Uh, reassurance, yeah, faster. You guys, it's Chat. Yo, 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 yo. Welcome back to part two of the 30th episode of Kiwis and Melps. Today, I'm here. I'm your host. My name's Brogan Kerrison. And that guy is usually sitting in this seat. Mm. He didn't just get sexy. Like that, I told you that. I told you that. Uh, we're back for part two. Uh, we're going to kick it off with a curious question. Uh, old mate, yeah. The old curious question. I got this one prepared earlier. The curious question was, what would the prize have to be for you to play one game of Russian roulette? What would the prize have to be for me to play one game of Russian roulette? What's Russian roulette again? Um, one bullet. Spin. Oh, yeah, yeah. Boom. I think that, yeah, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> that came on and I was just like, oh, man. I don't know if I could pick anything. Yeah, that's what I mean. I'm like, I, and then I tr- started the, trying to think The of life of someone else? You would bring some, if you could bring if, someone back. If I, if I had, no. If I didn't play Russian roulette, then someone would die. Oh. So the prize would be the safety of someone that I care about. Okay. That would be enough to make me want to play Russian roulette. Other than that, I don't know if I'd have like there would be some tempting scenarios. Yeah. Like obviously money's always gonna be a big tempter. Um what else would be tempting? But what sum of money? Because remember you've one in six chance that you might not die. There's only yeah. one, there's one yeah, I mean one, one in six, in six chance, chance that we'll you will die. die. But I mean, what's that? I don't know. Those odds are too high for me. Death is the end. True. Forever. Maybe I could <laughs> tactically like put the gun here 
and I just shoot through my nah, no cheek. tactics, no nothing. You, <laughs> you're you dying. Know, you either die. Yeah, nah, not much. At the end of the day, you know, one in six isn't enough. Yeah. The odds that I'd need are probably like, oh, I don't know. I don't think I could do that shit. Like, just genuinely putting a gun to your head and going at it. If I could, if I, if someone, if someone named me a, a sum of wealth, say for example, if I got 500 million, okay, yeah, if I got 500 million that I knew that was going to set up me, my family, pretty much any other kerosene to like kind of come, mm. I would take the risk. The 500 mil? 500 What's mil. What's the minimum? 500 mil? Minimum would be 50 mil. 50 mil. Yeah. With 50 mil, even if you make like a bad investment for like 5 mil, you'll still be fine. Mm. Like, like that's what I'm thinking. How old am I when I'm doing this shit? Right now. Yeah, nah. At all? Nah. Hey. Time's too valuable. True. Oh, but I suppose it's just the, I'm willing to sacrifice your life for the betterment, well, you hope the betterment of the fellow, your fellow, like okay, ones yeah. after you. Yeah, I'd do it once again. I said it for the safety of someone else. Yeah. Hmm. If they got something out of it, probably not. Because I'd like to think that, like, the loss. If I really care about them, they really care about me. So the loss of me is probably going to be pretty damaging. I imagine if you did that for me, like, if you shoot, you play that. We both get 500 mil if you play. Yeah. And then you died. I would be pretty... Like, I wouldn't like the money. True. <laughs> like, oh, fuck. Even if I had just brought you your own scruffy chinwag studio, <laughs> com- like with everything else you need to hopefully catapult you into yeah, industry nah. for the rest of your life. Probably not. Like that would obviously be great. But it's too risky. Yeah. It's too risky. And even like when, if it, you say it, you would. And is money that, I don't know, money seems mm. like that could be toxic. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's, I mean, we were talking about that earlier today. Like yeah. having, having that, that wanton drive for just purely money. Mm. Don't know. Don't know if it's a good, like some people swear off it. Mm. Yeah, some people, 100%. Uh, a good friend of mine. And do a good job of it too. Yeah, exactly. Mm. And, and that, but that's probably why they swear off it because they're, Good at it, but I'm like, you end up forgetting about everything you're doing to get to that that money point. Yeah, yeah. There's okay. more. There's more to worry about. That's for sure. It's not all money. Money is a big part, though. Yeah. Of life in general, and it opens a lot of doors. And God, it's it's alluring. You know, it mm. it, it can suck you in so well. Like a certain lifestyle is like enabled by money. And a fucking fun lifestyle at that, man. And a a lifestyle in which you can do what you please, but live where you like. But it feels like it's going to fabricate a lot of the subtleties of existence that make life worth living. That you probably take for granted. That you wouldn't even know are there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Yeah, friend and I. The things money can't buy. Well, God, this is just cheesy. Cheesy bloody. Cheese on toast with scruff and brogues. That just happened Grilled too cheese. well. Uh, we were talking about just about that, how some people have a huge, this is me and a friend, have a huge want for money and some people just 
are happy to kind of live, just live. Yeah. Like they, they don't want a massive. But he was arguing, he was like, you, but remember, you imagine if everyone had the same wealth, there would be no poverty, everyone would be happy, everything would be so good. And I'm like, I don't reckon. I think I think just the, the natural want for of some people to want more money than others think that naturally humans are like that anyway i don't think mm. we're ever going to find a natural equilibrium yeah and maybe if everyone did have the same wealth mm. and the, like maybe that would lead to people being competitive in more dangerous manners like maybe the chasing of money is a one of the safest ways we have for healthy competition True. although there's unhealthy aspects to it maybe it maybe it's better than us all trying to kill each other <laughs> yeah if we're if there's nothing else to do maybe it's Stealing things from each other I don't know A purge mm. Movies Seen any decent movies lately? Yeah I watched Daddy's Home 2 the other night Daddy's Home 2 <laughs> Daddy's Home? Yeah It's a Will Ferrell oh. Mark Wahlberg John Cena John Cena Yeah uh, Mel Gibson Fuck And this. some other dude that I don't know his name It's all star All star yeah, lineup. It's a pretty decent lineup. It's funny man Will Ferrell's crack up Like Yeah him and Mark Wahlberg just bounce off each other. I love them and other guys. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That one scene, That's shout out to Brandon, one, just fuck that one scene where, okay, first of all, a tuna, a, a lion in the middle of the ocean. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm going to win that battle I nine win, times out. I win that battle. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And now we have a taste for the lion. <laughs> we are hungry for more. I suck at quotes. Well, I get the idea. Um, I, we saw the... You? Ford versus Ferrari. Oh, did you? Yeah. Yeah? Honestly, way more emotional than I was expecting. Oh, true? Fucking, it's, it's meant to be about cars and shit. And yeah, I was sitting there, maybe, I mean, I don't really cry, but I had a few tears. I had a few tears kind of Shit of you, there. eh? Yeah, just the, just the waterworks getting ready to go. Just was not expecting it, but it was actually a, a, it's pretty massive, like, I don't want to give it away. Watch the movie. Okay, pretty damn good. Joker, bang, mm. that was fucking good. Do you, you had a rating, yeah? Yeah, I gave it a nine, a nine out of ten. I loved the day. Yeah. Best character, well, I don't want to say best, but one of the best character development stories I've seen, and just like in two hours ish, that's amazing to develop a psychopath naturally like that. It's an impeccable story, right? I know that they're two different movies, and I know you, it's too hard to. Compete against a guy who was an amazing actor, and then yeah, let's do it. Hit me. Which one came up? Because <sighs> oh, I mean, Dark Knight yeah, they are or close, Joker. Bro. That's I mean, but I like they, Dark Knight better because I like Batman. Yeah, straight yeah. off the bat, I'll you got say the hero that. in there. I like Batman. Batman's fucking cool. I like the Batman trilogy. It's fucking. It's my favorite superhero movies. The Batman yeah. trilogy. I, I that, don't know which one's my favorite. What I ask Probably people, if, 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 he, if the whole Heath Ledger, if he was still alive today and you know, rest in peace, say what happened didn't happen, would that movie have been as good or got the hype that it did without that death? Well, look at the uh, same thing with Fast and the Furious, Scott Walker. Mm. I mean, that's, uh, I mean, not saying the movie wasn't a good movie, but it wasn't a 
It's a great movie, but that song at the end where you know he died while filming it, you know it's the brother, not actually him. Oh, that was a massive marketing campaign for that. True. You know, writing but on the someone's jo- death. Uh, Heath Ledger didn't die playing the Joker. He had already finished. He had already finished in his filming. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Unless they. Um. Maybe it wouldn't be as big. I don't know. Still, a fucking good movie. Yeah. But I dare say, when I first watched that, I would have been ignorant to the fact that he died. Who? Heath Ledger. Yeah. True. Probably. See, I can't like, remember. When did that shit come out? Well, part of me. Oh, Google. Part of me, part of me, I want to say that, like, I watched that movie because I was like, oh, Heath Ledger, oh, he died, oh, I've got to see this movie. Oh, that was the motivation, yeah. I, But I want to say that, but I could just be saying that because that's what I remember of it. Mm. I think I was late to the, um, late to the bull game in regards to the Batman trilogy. That one? The whole thing, yeah. I don't know, current events, not, not high on my to-do list. Last, the, was a last... fucking volcano in New Zealand. yeah. I yes. didn't know about that. People were telling me about that and they were like, is everyone all good? And I'm like, I didn't... Don't know. I don't know, bro. I don't even know that there was a volcano, to be honest. Well, the, isn't that what, like, Lake Taupo is? It's like a... Nah, it's off the... It's White Island. I think it's off the coast of, like, Gisborne. Oh, yeah, that's the one that's going on at the moment. Uh, yep. I have to find... Yep. Um, I what? fucking love Taupo. What island? Because I, I, yeah, I didn't know there were still active ones. But that's what I mean. They're like meant to be extinct. Are they? Well, I think they're dormant. Yeah, aren't dormant. They? But that's that's what I mean. Like Akaroa, you've been down to Christchurch, Akaroa, in there. I don't know. Apparently, that's a big ass volcano. True. That could, just bubbling away. Yeah, that I don't know. Whoever mastermind goes, nah, that that'll be fine. That won't. Let's build a city around that. Whose fucking idea was that? Like, fuck. Man, and there's so much room in New Zealand. Mate, you could have went anywhere else. No. Mm. Yeah. Um, uh, you, you get all your, your global warmers come out when things like this happening. It's starting to happen. You do, eh? It's starting to the happen. Media, the media reports on it way more. Like, whenever I swipe uh, right on my Tinder, Tinder oh, yeah. profile... Um, on the iPhone home screen And you get like news The headlines Yeah You know what yeah. I mean Yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Always just Volcano Volcano yeah, Like yeah. three of the four Will be volcano headlines At the moment Yeah And that's been going on For fucking ages Do they follow a trend I don't know They I don't fucking know man there's Algorithms meant to be that, scary I know Comment if you know about this But That ring of fire You heard of that Johnny Cash Ring on fire. No, that one. Maybe he was singing about that. Put on some fucking tunes, cat. <laughs> Maybe he knew what was going on, but... He was fucking predicting the future, boy. <laughs> Is it on? Yep. No, it's not. Um, yeah, apparently there's this uh, ring that um, is basically kind of going off or whatever. It's got like something coming out of it and it's making all the... the Damn it, we need to Google because I'm not explaining this very well. But yeah, apparently there's a ring of fire. The one day we need it. The one day that we need it. There's a ring of fire and it's setting off all the volcanoes and things like this. Uh, If that really is like a doomsday thing or if that's just some like hard out stoner. uh, I don't know anything about volcanoes. How do they work? 
What the fuck is going on there? Mm-hmm. How did they even start? Was it just like a fucking big hill and then like shit just bursted up through it and like broke the top of the, the mountain? And then it was just like, yo, I'm going to make some new rocks now, bro. Like, it's just, it's just like the fucking earth jizzing, bro. Creating new fucking land. That's what it. That's what it. That's what literally happened at the start, though, eh? That's like, isn't that? I'm pretty sure. Yeah, like there was heaps of volcanoes of... under the ocean, wasn't there? Yeah, and created like all these land masses and shit. Mm, fuck, I'm speculating. Though. I think yeah, I think we're just talking about shit. Yeah. We don't actually, no speculating. Um, what was I gonna say before? Part one, we're talking a lot about you, your music, in general. Oh yeah. Um, what about your upbringing? Who set the person? Your parents. Tell us about the parents. The rents. The rents. Dad's a farmer. Daddy's a farmer. Dad's a farmer. Dad has a six hundred acre farm. Ish. Can you put that in perspective? Because I no, know if I can't. People, people, I don't know how to put it in perspective. Like like meters. No idea. No idea, bro. I don't Huge. understand. It's it's bigish. It's medium sized farm, I guess. Okay. It depends what your your idea of a Why farm. Do we still use hectares, man. I even know how big. How, how, That's what? acres. Acres is different to hectares as well. Ah, uh, see if. Yeah. Fuck. Sorry, mum. I know. Whatever. Don't but worry yeah. about it. He's a farmer, sheep farmer. Um, he's a good dude. He likes to bike. Um, yeah. So I had like six years growing up on the farm. Mm. Um, that was cool. I can't remember it. I can, but it was yeah, no, it was nice. I guess. Would you? I like the farm. You wouldn't call like yourself like a farm. No, I don't. Boy, but yeah. I do. I do have an appreciation for the farm, and like more and more often when I'm going back now, I have like an increased appreciation for it. Like just going out there, especially living in the city, you know, going back and just seeing all this wide open space and just being like, holy fuck, man, beautiful, absolutely beautiful. All these trees. Look at mm. all these trippy animals going, just fucking chilling. True. Got some doggos. Up to doggos, got some trippy machinery. It's like a real weird, like, amalgamation of culture and nature because you have all the machinery and the, the systems, the, the fencing and everything to do with a farm, the cultural side of it, just put onto this mass field, pretty much. Huge field. I don't know how the fuck they, like, decided that. How did they make a farm? Like, what did your farm cool. produce? Milk. No. No, no, no. Sheep. 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 So just she- sheep, sheepies. no cows. We had like a little herd of cows, but no. They come and go. I don't think that, I don't know if we have any currently, but we're fucked with cows a little bit, but not milking, just. Yeah. yeah. What about mum? Tell me about mum. Mum. What's dad's name first? Goose. Goosey. Yeah. You're only, you're only allowed to call him Goose. Yeah. Why goose legs? <laughs> nah, nah, that's turkey legs, Ray. Turkey legs, that's right. Radar. Um, nah, mum's a good bitch. She, uh, she's a social worker. Yeah, so she kind of like did the mum thing for a bit, and then she started working with like an autistic kid in school, like as a teacher aide. Yeah. And then she started working at a a centre for. People with dis- uh, disabilities, and then she stayed there for a bit, and then now she's like kind of doing works from home a bit more, and goes out to individual cases with people with 
like parents who are struggling with their kids with disabilities. Yeah. And they try. She tries to like, you know, just make it a better home environment and stuff. I guess. Um, she's reasonably like, she fucks with arts a bit. She used to at least like she used to do pottery and stuff. I remember that shit. That's so trippy. Like yeah, pottery, hey. you never see that shit now. Yeah, it's like a hobby. Pottery is a hobby, which yeah, could I don't be know. Cool she might even like. Does she might have worked at, like as a potter? I don't fucking know, man. Yeah, but I can remember going into her little pottery studio and like. Oh, she had like a little studio in there. Yeah, like it wasn't her studio though. Yeah. It was like the Clutha Potter Club or some bullshit. Oh yeah, yeah. You know? Well, there wasn't Sharon. that many people that did it. Right yeah. when you can have from eleven to twelve today. Yeah, yeah. Okay. She's a good drawer and like um, shit like that. Um, great mum. But everyone's a great mum, so yeah. shout out to the mums. Biased. Great dad as well. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Goose. Sisters, we, oh, sister. I have a sister. You've probably heard of Maxine Gray. She's a pretty big deal. Maxo. She does all my drawings. She's great. Well, not all my drawings. She does a lot of my drawings. She does. She's been on the potty. She's a great drawing. She's been on the potty. Go check her out. I think it's like episode four. Um, yeah, she studies psych. She's just finished. She's doing well. And then Big Smoke Dog, he's been on the pod as well with old Glinko over here. And he's over in Canada now doing the whole ski bum life. Fuck that guy, man. <laughs> Fucking sick of watching your stories, man. Like, yeah. they're just like, he, I did something on um, Snapchat the other day. Last up that I saw, he was, oh, wait, he was at, what was it, um, beer? Didn't it? Oktoberfest? Oh, Oktoberfest. Yeah, Oktoberfest. Yeah, yeah. Then he was somewhere else. Then I saw he was in snow. Yeah. And I was like, oh, fuck, man. Like, I just want to like, do that. Yeah. He makes me feel like I don't move around, which yeah, is great. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm, fuck. But yeah, then he I'm jumps also, around all, all over the show. Traveling and living like that, it just, it, more, it scares me how much finan- financially, like, because uh, say you save up, okay, you save up five grand, you go touring for two months or whatever, you spend it. Fucking then what? You know? Yeah. Like, cause, I mean, unless you, you get make a job it work, that, bro. You just make it fucking work, I guess. Yeah. Like, we're stronger than we think. Yeah, I think. Our it, survival instincts can kick in. It's like, shit. Okay, I need to go get work. Because, like, it's all well and good, like, oh, I'm looking for a job, bro. But it's like, I need a job, yeah. bro. Like you're going to be far more active on the job hunting scene. When it gets dire. When push comes to shove, bro. Yeah. And there's great things about stuff like Uber and uh, like Alton did Deliveroo when he first moved to Germany. Um, things like that, bro. Like those little kind of almost self-employed jobs. Like yeah. That you can run on times. Yeah, and they're pretty easy to get into, I think. Oh, we got some arrivals. Ooh, we've got some people arriving. Should get them straight in. Righto. They don't even know what's going on. Yo, yo. What's up? Oh, what's up? Uh, up. We're still yeah. recording. Do you guys want to join us? Grab another seat. Here we here. There's some seats in the... Yeah. Yeah. What's the chat for today? Teams. Fuck, we're just going. We're just talking. We've just done a big old... Big old section. Yourself? Well, you're not going to need um, oh, microphones, yeah. guys. Yeah. Oh, so if you guys could try share that guy. Technical difficulties. There we 
Matt, if I knew... It'd be thrown in the deep end, yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, if I knew I'd been a podcast, I would have prepped some, like, uh, I don't know. Literally. <laughs> embellished <laughs> fake backstory. I'm Dan. Dan, nice to meet you, Good to meet you. Okay, you probably can't see them, but you can hear them. We've got Alistair and we've got Dan. Yes. Hey, guys. Yo, yo. What's your stories, boys? Yeah, what's been happening today, fellas? Oh, I went to the NGV this morning oh, to yeah. see the um, Herring exhibition. Mm. That was sick. What is it? Cool. It's this dude, um, where's he from? I'm not sure. He's an artist. Herring. artist. Yeah, right. Keith Herring. I think he's an American dude. And he's um, kind of street style graffiti. Real cool stuff. Real cool stuff. But I didn't, I didn't bring my glasses so yeah. I couldn't read anything. <laughs> oh shit, so you were just seeing like I was just looking images. at it, yeah. At some point I couldn't read anything. So I was just looking at the images being like, that's cool. I have no backing to it, but <laughs> it's yeah, cool. Shit, what time yeah. did you go there? Uh, 11 o'clock in the uh, morning. Good boy. Cheap. Did you go as well, Dan? I did not. I had my office Christmas party last night, so it was oh, a late, late wake up. And then uh, I went to jiu-jitsu actually. Same. Yeah. We got, we know what's good. What yeah. time was your class? My class was at midday. I, mine was at 10.30. How'd you go? Till midday. Did you get bashed? Uh, it was all right. It was all right today. Um, we were mostly just rolling today, eh? So we did like a little bit of like 10 minute technique and then we just rolled for 50 minutes, 45 minutes with breaks and shit, I guess. What'd you do? Yeah, pretty much similar, yeah. similar deal. Normally, you've been doing it for Dan. I've been training for, in total, like almost, almost two years now. But there was a ten-year gap in the middle of that, so I only started again in February this year. So you went for like a, a year and then. Yeah, did like nine months. Stopped for ages. Did like powerlifting, played rugby, yeah. and then switched back to jiu-jitsu when I was like, Oosh. rugby fucks your body up too much, basically. Yeah, it fucking does, man. I like nowadays. I I swear like, I could just be getting old and fat. But also, like, my back, my joints and shit. Fuck it. I swear, Bro. man. What is that shit? Aging. <laughs> what, what is that shit? When's someone going to sort that out? How old Fix it. Fix it. Yeah. I'm 23. Oh, yeah, so you're young. You can I'm fuck your joints playing. up for yeah, a few I've more years. Yeah, I've still got a while. <laughs> yeah. I've still got a bit. Yeah, what about you doing? I'm 28. Okay. So I'm over the hill. It's all downhill. <laughs> we don't head it till we're 30s anyways. Yeah, I don't know. I reckon I'm off to the glue factory soon. <laughs> <laughs> Done. Two more years left. <laughs> How good was it being like five years old and you could just like fall out of a second story window and then just get Should up and sleep? Like, Dan, yeah. did you see that? <laughs> Should we do it right now? <laughs> well, you're the youngest. So. <laughs> I'll go first. I'll go first. But no, like. Fuck, alcohol kind of lets you do that shit again, I reckon. Because it actually does loosen up your yeah, um, you muscles and, and shit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So maybe you just take, maybe that's why kids can handle it more. Maybe they're like mm-hmm. not even prepared for the landing. They're just like, oh. They don't know what <laughs> like, floppy and shit. Yeah. Yeah. They don't know what the ground is yet, so they just hit it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they just fucking go in full blast. Like, oh, shit, that was actually all good. Yeah. <laughs> but then once we get fucking, once we know what the ground is, we're yeah. like, okay, that thing actually... But, but the it's a bit of, yeah, the it's a bit of from fucking, the ground yeah. changes as well. Yeah. And so when you're so close to the ground and you fall, it's not that bad. But mm. when you're six foot up, when you're a big fucking <laughs> when giant like you, that's when you hit it hard. Do you think fear plays a part in pain? Like when you're a kid, you're not scared of like walking that tightrope because you're like, fuck, I don't really know if it's gonna hurt or not. Like you haven't gone through the pain, but because you because you've done it before, you've walked something that's quite hard before and you've fallen off. You're like. Fuck, this is really gonna hurt. And if you fall off and you might land in a way that it doesn't really hurt, but because last time 
you were thinking like, oh yeah, no, this definitely hurt. It just plays on your mind, so you're hurt. I think, yeah, there'll be some sort of some like sort psychological of yeah, element sort of to it. There's eh? so many different types of pain as well. Like in terms of even in different types of physical pain, like the difference between like a really strong itch and like a tickle. Like I find tickle painful. Yeah, and there's uh, like, if you can't actively so, stop it. Eh? Yeah, and then there's like aching pain and then there's like muscle pain and all these different pains, which like if I have a really sore muscle, it wouldn't hurt me as much as someone who's slicing my skin. Yeah. I mean, there's just different types. And then of you've pain. got emotional pain as well no, on top of that. Don't get me started on that. Which is a whole new <laughs> fucking ball game. That's on, the big one. On the pain thing, do any of you guys meditate? Mm. I do. Uh, well, I fuck with it, bro. Enough. Fuck with it. Yeah, I mean, it's an in, like, you can kind of explore, like, I don't know if you've ever been, like, meditating and just feel, like, real uncomfortable and had the urge to move. Yeah. But if you just don't move and just stay in, like, the same position and get super uncomfortable and yeah. just notice what that pain feels like. Ah, uh, you start to actually really... Hone in on the pain and well, Yeah Or you You kind of distance yourself From it And it becomes Like Just a sensation It's not like Oh this is pain It's like Oh this is a Weird like Pressure and heat Combination that Yeah I feel, but You start it, to think about like, What pain feels like Like the intricacies of it But It's almost not I don't know The pain that I get From sitting Because this is from Just from sitting Still too long yeah, I'm sure. guessing Yeah, yeah. Um, Do you cross your legs Or like well, uh, Nah I just sit on a chair Yeah same But if you already had the pain, do you mean? Or pain yeah, arising well, from... That's just an example. But like even like if if I actually get hurt now, like I fall over and fuck myself up. Yeah. The first thing I'll do is like, inst- like instantly click to trying to notice what the pain feels like mm. kind of thing. Mm. Analyzing it. And again, well, not analyzing it, just just noticing it. Not trying to like okay. think about it. Just, I mean, yeah, maybe it is analyzing it. In like, I, I would in a way call that... Oh, Analyzing, you know, yeah. like noticing is the first stage of the first level of analysis, right? Well, that's exactly it, but not not putting like labels on it beyond mm. that, and just I don't know. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. I know. Like I I thought about that the other day. Sorry, with with sound as well. Like uh, I do the Sam Harris app one. So, oh yeah, yeah. And he was talking about sound, and he's like, listen to the sounds in the room, and then. Now try and detach the label of the sound and actually just listen to the sound. Because if you hear... Mm. A car uh, go past or something. A car go past. You're like, your brain automatically tells you, oh, that's the sound of a car going past. But if you think about, like, what the fuck is that sound? Like, what does that sound actually sound like? That's crazy. The same with, uh, like, a tick of a clock. I have a clock in my room. It's like, well, that's... Your brain automatically just, like, is like, clock over there. But then you, like, think about it, like, that's trippy that that thing over there makes that sound that we back associate on, with that thing. Back onto babies and things, and they would have no idea what any of those sounds are. Imagine how confusing it would be. All these <laughs> like, yes. sensations coming out that you've never experienced before, but all the time, every minute. I guess that's why they cry Constantly. So much. <laughs> Just constantly knew it. Right. Yeah. No wonder they cry fucking tears. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they'd be shit scared of everything. Yeah. Right? Fucking pussies, bro. Pussies. Mm. On the meditation <laughs> fact, I mean, that's, look at this. It's that you, four, four dudes. You go back maybe, well, rugby guys, you go back maybe, even when I was in New Zealand like three years ago, if I had sent to my rugby team, and you guys meditate? Like, what the fuck? <laughs> you crazy fucking, you must be into that Buddhist shit, man. Yeah. You, know, <laughs> you know, they get, but. We're progressive here in Melbourne. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is what we do. <laughs> I'm like, but. No, that's, yeah, trippy, yeah. Like, I do think meditation itself, 
I think it's just people have this. You got this real bad stigma around. Oh, I must be a fucking hippie. Mm. Fucking there is that hippie. around today. But I'm like, after actually. Well, yeah, 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 but it's <laughs> <laughs> not the point. <laughs> exactly. My my because my brother said to me, he was like, "Have you tried meditation?" I was like, "Why would I sit there and hum to myself?" Man? <laughs> <laughs> you know? But after after actually doing it, I didn't even. It's hard to explain what it does, but mm. it does something, and I think it's a benefit. I think, I think everyone's experience is different as well. Mm. Yeah. What, what I've found with meditation is that when I did, like, my big fucking sober stretch recently, the old seven-weeker, meditation was way better in that sober period, I found. Like, it was almost like a form of a drug for me in that mm. time. Yeah. And now since I've, like, started, like, fucking with shit again... It feels like it's a bit more like it's harder. Again. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't. I'm not getting the full, the full experience mm. out of it. Doesn't it feel. It's still good, but suboptimal. Doesn't feel as satisfying as it once did. Well, it doesn't feel like I'm getting as much into that that zone, zone that yeah. flow state, or whatever they. I don't know what it is. Like you're saying, it's too yeah. hard to explain. Yeah. What about depression? Okay. We're <laughs> <laughs> getting in there. Depression and or, or even anxiety because like. I didn't even know because of, like going back to what we we're saying, I've been surrounded in dudes with, that play rugby, so like I didn't realize that I had. I was just I thought in my head I was just being a pussy when I was kind of anxious about something, but it is actually you've got anxiety. But mm. I had been trained to think like ah oh, you're a pussy get over it you'll be alright, and I'm like now after like when things say I'm starting to get anxious about like, work or some shit like that. If I do start doing meditation throughout the week, it, man, I just don't even think about that shit anymore. Like mm. So I reckon it does, but I don't know if there's any proof around that. Can, do you guys have any proof on that? I think it helps clear things up. With mental health and depression and anxiety, doing meditation definitely clears your mind. In The way I put it before, when I was studying a lot and I was feeling a lot of like really shit, it felt like... I had a Google document open with a hundred tabs and everything was so all over the place. So many things to click through to find anything relevant. Whereas when you meditate, it like resets that and brings it back to one or two vital tabs. That's great. And that, that that's really, a really good analogy. Puts it back that from someone. Yeah, I, <laughs> I made that up because I was studying yeah, it and had great. lots of tabs. <laughs> <laughs> I was doing an essay and I had so many tabs up and I yeah, clicked yeah. exit after I finished the essay. I'm like, Damn, that's like meditating. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Just yeah. getting rid of nice. all this shit. So that's a really good explanation. Yeah, so just gets rid of all the rubbish and it allows you to really think of what you want to think about instead of all the other bullshit in the background. Just constantly like yeah. yeah. And it's not it's not like a really uh, like all the all the thoughts you're having aren't that apparent to you as well. A lot of them are just in the background, just sitting there manifesting, and you don't even know you're thinking about them too much. You it's might like, not be, but they're still there. And then when you meditate, it just closes everything and you realize this is what I should be focusing on, which either is your own health or the essay or, like, you know, just Water being good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think the thing for me with meditation is that it lets you notice what your brain is really doing and the fact that you're not the author of your thoughts kind of thing. And so, like, I mean, all of the thoughts that we have are kind of just responses that we've evolved to the to the world around it. So like things like social anxiety, right? Like people maybe, you know, 
make a fool of themselves in some social situation and then worry about it for like days after. And that's something that we evolved because when your tribe was 30 people, if you made a fool of yourself and everyone like decided they didn't like you anymore, you'd probably die. Because if you're by yourself yeah, exactly out in the right. jungle, you're not, gonna, you're not gonna go so well. But like, obviously we don't need that evolved response anymore, right? So it's, so it's kind of helpful. Not in that setting, but in its own setting, like um, a kid getting bullied at school from an Instagram post or something like that, although it's, we're not in the jungle or anything anymore, that technically would be a jungle at, 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 at when you're at school trying to trying to kind of get around different obstacles, which would be a social setting, social anxiety. For sure. And I think that kind of pain, the, the pain of being bullied is like helpful to go, hey, the thing you're doing right now, like people don't approve of it. So if you want to fit in, you need to change your behavior. And that's cool, that's helpful, but you're not gonna die if you don't change your behavior. You'll just find some other people and that's fine. Yeah. So it's like helpful to be able to notice like, okay, like maybe I should not make that kind of joke anymore that made people hate me and yeah. kick me out of the party. Keyword noticing, but, just uh, noticing what's going on there. Yeah, like, yeah. I, I really liked your whole, you're not the, you don't think up thoughts, like thoughts just come. Happen. Yeah. yeah. So you've got to be able to just notice what they are when they come. That's why I really liked mm. about meditation too. Like, I don't think it's a process of trying to stop thinking. It's the process of trying to realize that you're thinking. Sapro? Yo. How you going? We've got an injection of Eds. We've got Eds. Here, <laughs> give us a give it's us a holler. You're in a podcast. This is Dan, by the way. Hey, guys. Oh fuck. That's alright. Just all go. Yeah. Um. When you were saying with like the don't be a pussy thing, yeah. I feel that that's not all bad as well. Because mm. a lot of the mm. time you can be being a pussy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and yeah. like not like... The, the resilience whole... that builds is good as well. Yeah. Exactly. The resilience, exactly. And like being like feeling shit and getting anxious, that's going to be part of life. Like you're, we're never going to be able to alleviate that shit. So if you tell people that it's wrong to feel that way, then they start to think that they're really fucked up. And that they're wrong. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. But, like, I suppose if you can tell yourself that it's, that it's wrong that I'm feeling anxious or shitty in a certain situation, I think that that can be done in a healthy manner. For example, like, I could, I could be in a worse situation. It's that time and type of main mind frame instead you know like I could be stuck in Africa without being able to even consume food to keep up my daily recommended intake as given to you by the local I don't know who even decides on this shit you know what I mean yeah, though yeah. like if like you might be being a pussy yeah. I'm just saying I think, I think also with the whole like rise in awareness of mental health issues and so on a lot of people use that as a crutch and just kind of wallow in like their sadness. Totally. Instead of just trying to sort their shit out. Yeah. You know? you took, that's mm. better. <laughs> that's the one. That's it. But yeah. I suppose, I mean, again, I don't, I've never been in that situation where I've been so down and depressed. I feel like I can't get out of whatever, but I'm sure there's people that are kind of at that stage. And, I, and it's probably easy for us to say, stop being a pussy. But maybe they, they just, they, they can't even get out of There's, it. Even helping yourself is a real trouble at some point. So at some point you feel like you're feeling shit. You know you feel shit. 
but not knowing what to do about it. And the fact that it costs $80 a therapy session yeah. and it's like half refunded by the government doesn't help in itself. Mm. So a lot of students struggle with that. But it is so hard if you are feeling that way to then be like, A, admit that you need help. Another thing is feeling that your problems aren't as bad as someone else who might have to go to therapy. So why should I take the time from someone else who might have to go? So um, probably wasting yeah. your time anyway. You feel like you're wasting time. You feel like next week I'll be better. Yeah, and next yeah. week you might be better, but then mm. in two weeks' time you feel twice as worse. And the you're, trade ends gone. Yeah, <laughs> but then you feel like, oh, last time it got better over a week, so then next time we'll... And then slowly you get worse and worse to the point where you're in this state where you think, like, I'm still wasting time from a therapist, but you are really struggling. And it's a real big circle of just not knowing what to do and not knowing when to get help. But then when you do get help, it, it does open your eyes a bit and it is good. I started going to therapy recently after like just a prolonged period of like things were never that bad. Right. So I was never like, oh, fuck. Yeah, I need to go to therapy because I'm thinking about like self-harm or something like that. It was just like deep unsatisfaction over a prolonged period of time, you know. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's hard to actually like take that step and be like, cool, I'm going to like go to a doctor and tell them I need a mental health plan. Like it feels yeah, like, yeah. whoa, like, oh. You know, it's a, it's I can sort. I can. I can handle this. Like, I, you know, I'll be yeah. able to sort this out. It's fine. And uh, yeah, I mean, shit. You probably can. You can read enough Jordan Peterson books and uh, and yeah. and That's all I've got. maybe maybe <laughs> get your way out of there. But uh, <laughs> hey, man. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean, for me, that's been like super helpful. And even though, yeah, you know, things aren't that bad, it's been. It's been uh, big. Yeah, I'm really interested to try therapy out. Like, especially like a psychotherapist. I think that'd be like, if not just interesting to see how they operate well, yeah. the other thing yeah. is it was super interesting learning about yourself yeah. so you, you might have all these emotions and thoughts and theories about why you feel this way but it's not until you see a professional who can put it into digestive words for you to understand instead of just an emotion and a feeling you have when you get the chance to speak to someone who understands what you're going through in many ways and they can spit it back to you in a way that you understand. It's, it's only beneficial for so many things, for yourself, for other people, and, you know, for, for the great good, really. Yeah. How are you? Hi. How are you going? How are you? I Taking a few photos to make some renovations. Cool. Ah, okay. cool. We're, uh, we're just recording a podcast at the moment. Mid-podcast. <laughs> Are you mid-podcast? Mid-podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 We have another spare seat over here. Come join. Gosh, this is so bad. Watches. This is, uh, this is Mitch. Mitch is the landlord for this house right now. Hey. Right here. Hi. 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 How's it going? Hi. Hi. Here she is. Wow, this is so random. <laughs> Mitch, we're currently talking about mental illness. So it's pretty heavy. Mm. Well, we're, and therapy. We're kind of talking about, um, yeah, you got any thoughts on it, Mitch? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have a lot of thoughts on this, so uh, where's the conversation being steered to? Okay, this microphone, if you can get towards mm, us, nice. give her some. Benefits of therapy is where we're at. Yeah, the talking, about, yeah. talking about therapy. I mean, so, I mean, I know you. I mean, probably everyone knows that women talk a lot <laughs> and we talk amongst ourselves a lot. Yeah. And I think. It's therapeutic in itself to be able to express yourself without maybe not necessarily needing a solution, but being able to be to to feel heard. Just to be heard, yeah. Yeah, it can be yeah. enough. Um, listening, that's almost the power of listening in itself. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes it doesn't necessarily have to be someone professional. It can just be a friend. Sometimes it's not even that. Sometimes it's just writing your 
you know, writing mm. in a journal. 100%. Yeah. You can think to yourself by writing. Yes. And then and it kind of makes it clearer. Yeah. It's also why people have, like, you know, checklists. And it's very yeah. therapeutic to check things off as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. It's your sense of closure on things. Mm. Yeah. But that points back to what we were saying at the start, bro, with um, the uh, thinking out loud. Sometimes people just need to be able to talk to someone so they can think through things in general. Like, they just don't, they just don't know what the fuck's going on. Yeah. It's like, oh man, it's cluttered, it's cluttered upstairs, bro. How do we yeah. get through this shit? Yeah. We were talking earlier about it's 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 really hard for a lot of people, maybe every person, to, to be able to say, okay, I need to see a therapist. Mm. What about? And we said you were saying earlier that maybe it's just the act of being heard by mm. someone or something. Mm. What if what if we didn't have to be heard by another person? What about if it was just a computer program? who kind of sat there and listened to... Ooh, I don't... It's, it's very interesting that you mentioned that because... Um, so there is a podcast called Should This Exist? Hmm. Um, it's American yeah. and it has a, a few topical, I guess, like inventions. And one of the inventions is actually exactly what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. A Bullshit. robot computer <laughs> that is... Yeah, it's, it's very, button. very interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Did, was there anything, because I mean, talking to like an actual human, so, I, I don't know, but we can actually, something happens between the ke- ke- chemistry between a person. Yeah. Would, would, would you still find that same relief not talking, even even if the computer knew all the answers to all your problems? Mm. It wasn't sincere, it didn't, it didn't have that same feeling. I think the reason talking to someone about your life is, is therapeutic is because what you're experiencing is actually like, you know, part of life, part yeah. of the shared experience that we all have. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. like what we're doing now, it's like, oh, cool. You know, we've, we've all tried meditating and stuff like that. It's, yeah. And I think, you know, if you're, if you're talking to a computer, I don't, I almost don't see how that would be too different from just talking to like a, a wall, you know, the, maybe, yeah, maybe the computer can give you some advice. What if they embodied it? What if they embodied that intelligence into something that a robot that actually like you could mistake for a human? So oh like an AI. God. AI. Yeah. Well, if you could mistake it for a human, then uh, then we might be might be cooking with gas there. Mitch. Um so so the app um, actually does exist so you can can actually download it and, and I think the podcast actually talks about this. Um, yeah, it was, it's a very, yeah, very interesting. It, yeah. Add it to the description for the, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> and I think what the, if I remember correctly, what it does is actually, it actually it does interact with you. It kind of touches base with you every day. How are you feeling today? Mm. And then you can actually have a conversation. And the conversation flow is actually quite smooth, I guess. And it's something to be better, I suppose. Yeah. Know, as, so yeah. essentially it's the same as keeping a journal that kind of interacts yeah. with you as well. Yeah. So it's, it's just prompting you to write about yourself and be like, how are you feeling? Oh, I felt this today. I was mm. grateful for this. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. What are three <laughs> things you like about yourself today? Black Mirror's yeah. done this shit too. Black Mirror did this <laughs> shit on that Miley Cyrus thing. episode. Oh, yeah. Mm. Yeah? Remember uh, that when they had that little, little robot? robot? Mm. Like... I don't know, it started off with the whole, like, I, I love you, like, you're my favourite person thing. And then, <laughs> like a but became a best friend. <laughs> there, was, there was a movie that came out that I don't recall what the title is, but basically they kind of almost extract or clone you into, like, this 
tiny thing into. Oh, do you know what it is? And into. Oh, was it? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah right. And then like they know what everything that you want. Yeah, because you know like, you it's, it's you. Cooked. Yeah. 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 But they, they put your conscience into a like, oh. machine, into a machine. Like a smart home. Yeah. 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 But the thing was like, because it's your exact self and it's in a machine, it felt trapped. Yeah. Because like, it knew it. Like it had a consciousness. And then at the end, like it got old and they wanted a new version of something, so they threw it out. But essentially you're killing like a life for you. And that's, that was what it kind of made you think about. It's like, oh, even, even, even if it's How does that make you body, feel about AI then? At what point do you believe oh, AI? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's how it scares well, me. Oh my gosh, really. if we start talking about AI, I could go on for hours on that topic. Walking in sunrise. Yeah, no, we yeah. actually probably should close out this episode. Wrap this up. Yeah. High virtue test, maybe we'll come back to it. What do you want to do now? Nah, let's go. Everyone clear out. <laughs> let's go. Uh, yeah. Alright, things got a bit crazy there, team. That was very interesting. Yeah. That was. Okay. Had all sorts of people come in. Um, don't know if you're going to be able to see them, but yeah. It was a pretty interesting uh, period there. I think the weed factor had a... Had a... The, weed, the weed was an interesting little uh, obstacle. <laughs> <laughs> it was, yeah. Anyway. Shout out to Mitch, though. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for being cool about it and not saying anything. <laughs> <laughs> um, high virtue test. So, uh, yeah, last one, episode 30. Thanks again, Brogan. Good shit. Let's do it. Um, sweet. So, OCD or Horde? OCD. Agreed. Comfort or adventure? We don't need your fucking commentary okay. after everyone. Sorry. Okay. Comfort or adventure? <laughs> adventure. Com- compassion or competition? Competition. Harmony or honesty? Honesty. Group or solo discussion? Solo. That group discussion was too crazy. (laughs) (laughs) Purpose or pleasure? Purpose. Happy and sad or content? Happy and sad. Question or answer? Question, clearly. (laughs) Curious. Power to the individual or group? Power to the individual, yo. Oh. Yes or no? No. No. He's a no man. I'm a no man. Right. That's 30. That's 30. That's Scruffy Chinwags for a bit, boys. Damn. Cheers to the boys outside. Yeah, Heads. holla. Shout outs to everyone who jumped on there. Um, shout out to everyone for tuning in. It's been good fun. We might see some more in the future. I don't know where we're at. We've got to reassess. Got to re- redefine my direction. Yeah. <laughs> see where I want to sure go you know with this shit. Direction. Okay. Sure. Sure.